Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Uh, I have an interesting email here that uh, I have to share with you. And maybe it's something that a lot of people, I suppose, can. this probably resonates with a lot of people. It says, hi now, just a quick note to ask you if there's any light at the end of the tunnel. I've been out of work now for more than a year. I've lost 80% down on my wages and my wife is a stay-at-home mother over the last 12 months. We have three children and I'm gone from earning 110 a week to over 300 a week. We had a mortgage break last year. Now I'm trying to honour a reduced payment, but I can't afford it. And the bank are on my case. They leave me with £150 a week to pay the bills and feed my three children. I have a friend who is working for the civil service and he's been out of work on and off and his department hasn't been open and uh, he is on full pay and it's like nobody cares about us anymore. Do you know how hard it is to look at your kids when they ask you for money for anything and to always have to say no? Christmas was a disaster. I had to cancel our Sky, Netflix. The only internet we have is two phones with unlimited data. My older kids have to pay as you go and I give them 20 quid a month so they can do their homework and uh, schooling online on their phones. I am so depressed as I have failed my family and I'm not providing through no fault of my own and I feel I'm worth more dead than I am alive. Please, Niall, you're a good guy. And I know you keep up the fight for people, but please, please, please help us. That's a dreadful email, isn't it? An absolutely dreadful email. And by the way, I would encourage the person, because we did ask him to come on, uh, but he, he wouldn't come on. Um, we, we emailed him back and asked him to come on. I, I did ask him to come on, but I would encourage him to go and speak to somebody, particularly in relation to the final line and the final paragraph there, when he said he was more, more than, he's more, more dead than alive. You're never worth more dead than you are alive. Your life is so valuable. So never even consider that. And if ever you do consider something like that, please reach out and talk to a friend, even if you're doing the Samaritans, whatever. Talk to somebody. But don't ever feel that you're worth more dead than you are alive. Maybe financially, a lot of us are. But in saying that, your life is priceless. And the rest of your life is priceless. Your future is priceless. The love you have for your children and the relationship you'll have with them going forward. Forget about this blip in your life at the moment. But the relationship you'll have with them and your wife and your family into the future is priceless because I gather your children are quite young from your email. So everything you have is priceless. So never, ever feel that you're worth more dead than you are alive. But I get what you're saying and I get what you said about your mate. And here's the problem we have at the moment in Ireland when it comes to the pandemic and the financial aspect of it for people, is that there's a large percentage of the population who are not financially affected by this pandemic. They may be affected by the fact they can't go to holidays and all that kind of stuff, but they're not financially. You've got civil service or anybody working in any department of the civil service, and even, even if they're out of work and they're closed or the department is closed, they still get full pay. Um, you've got pensioners who still get exactly the same money they were getting before, haven't been affected. The unemployed, who were unemployed before this and are still unemployed now, hasn't changed. So the only people really affected financially by this are the private sector. And many in the private sector are not affected because some of them are part-time and they were getting less and they're probably on a PUP payment or making more now. So it's in their interest it continues to move to go on the way it is. So it's not the majority that are financially affected. Sadly, it's probably the minority. And that's why you don't see a big push against what's happening in this country at the moment to people. But for those that, even though it's a minority, it's still about 500,000 people who are on the PUP payments at the moment who are all private sector workers. This is a disaster, an absolute disaster. 
They have mortgages, they have bills. A lot of them are giving cars back they have in finance. They have credit cards maxed out. Um, they feel they'll never get on top of it again. They've gone from earning 700 maybe maybe 1000 a week in a good job and having a decent lifestyle with a mortgage and a rent or whatever it happens to be. Now the mortgage companies won't even give them a hand. Last year, of course, the banks were told to give people a mortgage holiday which they did, although you'd have to pay it back. They're not even doing that anymore. You don't have to negotiate with the bank. You don't have to talk to them. You have to gravel them with your hands out. And it's not your fault. You lost your job through no fault of your own. This is not like a recession. In a recession, you kind of go, ah, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. My business went out of business because of the recession and I have to go find something else. It might take a couple of years before the country comes back. This is not our fault. This is the government's fault. Don't blame the pandemic. There was other ways to tackle this pandemic. The government have told everybody you can't work. So this is their fault. So they need to make sure that you're kept in the lifestyle you're accustomed to, within reason. And that is not the case. People are struggling. I've spoken to at least five people over the last year who feel the way this man feels, and women and men who feel like this, who feel they can't cope anymore financially. And money is not important, of course, but it makes your life a lot easier. So how are you coping? That's what I want to know today. Not only that, by the way, the news today that hundreds of thousands of people receiving the pandemic unemployment payment are in for a bit of a shock when they return to work in 2021, if you return to work in 2021, as they'll have to pay all of the tax due on the payment this year. Now, you know, of course, for those who were on the payment last year, the government have said, well, you've got four years to pay it. We'll kind of put it out over four years. It won't cost you much money because it's tax, you know, but you have to pay it. Now they're saying, actually, no, this time around, so next year, Next January, you will have to pay the tax for 2021 on the PUP payment that you got. So, in other words, as a financial advisor would advise you, anybody who's getting 350 at the moment, you have to put 50 quid aside for tax because you are going to get a bill at the end of this year and it has to be paid at the end of this year. It can't be paid over four years, not again. This is terrible. We shouldn't be paying tax on it. You shouldn't have to. It's only 300 or 350 quid, depending on what, when you entered into it, or 200 if you're on the lower income. Why would you have to pay tax on it? Well, it's not your fault you're out of work. The, the, the government... I, what is wrong with Irish people? What is wrong with you all? That you're just accepting this. I want to know how you're coping. Really, what's wrong with you? What happened to Irish people? That you all just accept this. What happened to the Irish people months and months ago who were out on the streets for the or years ago for the water charges, were out on the streets for the income taxes, the pensioners who were out on the streets when they dropped the, when they wouldn't give them an increase in the pension? What happened to the fighting Irish? And I don't mean physically fighting. I would hate to see any violence or civil disobedience and irresponsibility. But what happened to the fighting Irish? People who stand up for their rights. You're just being walked on. And you watch these guys on TV each night. Harris, Faradka, Michal Martin, uh, Simon Coveney. Do they understand what you're going through? Do they for one minute know what this man with his three kids who can't even afford the internet. His, people say, oh, well, at least he can sit at home and watch Netflix. He doesn't have Netflix. He doesn't have Sky TV. He has nothing because he doesn't have the money. Do they understand that? No, they don't. They're disconnected from that. They have a job. Their job is not affected. They get a wage every week. Their wage hasn't been affected. If anything, it all actually got a rise last October. Do they care? Well, they tell you they care. But do they really? Let me know what you think. The number is 87 188 
How are you coping at the moment? I want to know how you're coping. Let me know. Give us a ring. Share your experience. Maybe it'll help others to understand that they're not alone. Siobhan, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Siobhan? Hey, Niall. I was just listening there. I missed some of that email, but my heart goes out to that guy. I mean, that's just a horrendous situation for anybody to find themselves in through no fault of their own. My my own situation, I work worked on contract. I'm a contractor, so um, I finished a contract at the end of September and I haven't been able to get anything since. Now, that, please God, at some point in the future will change. Like, yep. I mean, I'm, pl- I'm applying for jobs that I'm probably overqualified for, but nobody's going to give you a job because everybody's in the same situation where everybody's looking for something. So it's made the, that landscape even more difficult in these current times. But the irony of it is for anybody, now I'm a single mother, but, but for anybody, say, a single person who's lost their job, if they're, if they're not entitled to the, the pandemic unemployment payment, they will get 200 euros a week. And somebody yeah. who, who was on less than 200 euros before the pandemic and lost their job through it will get 203. For a start, like, I know it's three euros, but what I'm saying is, like, this whole thing, like, you know, when you look at the scale of what people will get on the, you know, as you said yourself, there'll be people who'll end up better off than this of in course. this situation. Yeah. The other thing is, like, I'd be asking the question, I said, my, literally, my blood was boiling here. As you were saying something there, my blood was boiling because I was just thinking, like all the hard-earned money that you pay and the taxes that you have to pay on it keep the country going in terms of all the public service jobs and stuff like that. And I'm just thinking, why in this climate are we paying for those people probably to sit at home and do nothing and they're getting their full wages? Why are they not being, you know, you get this amount, you get the pandemic unemployment payment, regardless whether it's public or private sector? Well, I can tell you now, if everybody in the country who's out of work or who has lost work through the pandemic... Um, or is not in the same circumstance, was on a pandemic unemployment payment, we wouldn't be in the situation we're in now because the government wouldn't, because people would stand up and people would do something about it. The problem is, yeah. is that the private sector, which is the majority, 500,000 people are yeah. on the PUP payment, the, fi- the private sector, they make up a minority. It's a minority of workers. Yeah. Um, and there, I suppose a lot of them are kind of thinking they're thankful for small mercies, which is not the way we should be thinking of this. this yeah. like, if this was a recession, I understand that. You know what I mean? But this yeah. is not a recession. Yeah. This is something that the government have decided to do uh, because we don't have a good health service uh, and we never had. And, you know, we're flattening the curve and all that kind of carry on. So the government have put people out of work intentionally. You like, you know, you so this is not really your turn. fault. This yeah. is not people's fault. But, you, you know, when you look at it, I mean, and this is what people need to kind of start kind of coming to terms with and realising and doing something about it. You can't turn around and say to a small minority of the population, screw you, you're only getting this small little payment and then leave the other people who are getting, who are in the private or the public sector. And we're, our taxes that we've worked for are paying their salaries and they're probably sitting at home doing nothing. You can't have that. Like, well, they're, well, they're, I'm fair they're not all sitting at home doing nothing. No, 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 I'm not saying everybody. No, no, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm just going to be fair. Some. Yeah, some are sitting at home doing it. It depends on the department they're in. Uh, some departments are doing nothing, but other departments are working from home. And I, and I get that, you know what I mean? And if you're working from home, well, then you deserve to get paid. But I think the same thing should apply. Like, I mean, there shouldn't be a public-private sector thing here. Like, you know, you have to, you have to realise that this, as you said, it's not a recession. You're not talking about, you know, you, you know, people that work in private sector versus public sector. It's not a general argument in that sense. It's a pandemic. It's, hip, it's hip, happened all over the world. It's nobody's fault. This is just something that happened. So you can't turn around and treat 
one set of people differently and treat another one. And you're one. right. And you're you right. Know. It is nobody's fault. So the, the point is, now it's up to the government then and the government have a responsibility to make sure as citizens uh, that we're looked after. And when you, and that's, by the way, it would be fine if everybody was getting 300 quid, if banks weren't knocking at your door, if your car company loan weren't knocking at your door, if your credit card loan company weren't knocking at your door, if Sky TV, if Netflix and all the other things that you have in your life that you have to pay for, uh, your internet, which is essential nowadays, all those things cost money and you're not going to pay for them all in 300 quid. If you, you know, particularly if you're an earner, say, for example, this guy whose wife is a stay-at-home mum, he was the one that was out earning the money. Now, obviously, I don't know whether she's going to have to try and get a job as well now, but he's 80% down on his wages over the last year. So, I mean, that's just not going to work out no matter what. And, and to listen to his email, what he says about it's hard to look at your kids and have to keep saying no. Uh, they've no internet. He had to cancel his Sky and his Netflix and everything else. So they're probably bored out of their heads. Um, he's just depressed. He says, and this is the line that got me. He says, I'm so depressed that I've failed my family and I'm not providing through no fault of my own and I feel I'm worth more dead than I am alive. That's a terrible. When you think about that, though, like, I mean, the government really needs to step up and do something about this because, as I said before, I've been on before on your show and I've said that there's this absolute microscopic look at we have to stop COVID, we have to make sure it doesn't spread. And I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm just saying you can't just forget about absolutely everything else and concentrate on this thing. You have to come up with some kind of a holistic approach that's going to work in a few directions. Do you know what I mean? You can't just say we're going to stop COVID and that's it. And we, we just focus on that and then we, you know, we shut down everything and we do this. Because what, at the end of the day, the, the absolute fallout from this is going to be something else that oh, people probably haven't seen. We have, you know what I mean? we have no understanding of the fallout of this, but I can tell you now, that won't be in the news on RTE at 6 o'clock no. every day. Okay, but stay there for a second. Let me go to Johnny. Johnny, you're on Classic Kiss. You've been listening to what Siobhan had to say in relation to, say, the different financial circumstances people are in. Um, Johnny, I mean, what, how do you think people are coping with this? Um, at the moment, Niall, uh, actually, hello, Niall. How are you keeping? I'm um, very good. Um, but um, at the moment, uh, not good. Not good at all, Niall. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm okay. Like, you know, I'm, I'm working away. I'm happy enough, but... I can understand, like, 350 euro. I was on that last year for six months, and, you know, this rubbish lockdowns leaving country. Like, I can understand, yes, it is a serious virus time. But, like, you know, the laws that they're bringing in, it's, it's always been the same in Ireland, you know. It's one law for one and a different for the other. When, in other words, we're not all in this together, really, are we? No, but sure, how can Michael Martin get on a plane to give a bowl of shamrock to a president? And then, and and then turn around and say we're all in this together? Yeah, we're all in this together, but let alone, I'm going, if I, like, I'm going over there to, like, you know, have a great old time with talking rubbish, basically, because he doesn't get an hour, you know that yourself, he probably gets five, ten minutes at the most. How are you getting on? Shake your hand, there's a bowl of uh, shamrock, thanks for, come, come to Ireland whenever you get a chance there, and, yeah, kiss me arse. That's all that's all about, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, Absolutely well, he's ridiculous. not, well, actually, he's not even going to shake his hand, I imagine. <laughs> I mean, probably not. Yeah. Mind yeah. you, it'll never be like. Do, do, do you remember that uh, the, the very awkward handshake with Enda Kenny and Obama? Do you remember? Do you remember that video? Oh, if, if, I if, do. If anyone, if, if you don't, if anyone hasn't, doesn't know what I'm talking about, go onto YouTube and put in a handshake Obama Enda Kenny, and it's this really awkward moment where the cameras are all ending on Enda Kenny, and he went to shake Obama's hand, and Obama didn't see him. And kind of turned away, and then he kind of looked at his own hand and started fixing his nails as if I didn't really do that. It's the most awkward yeah. moment ever. But yeah, are you right? And by the way, Neil Martin shouldn't be going because it's not a necessary journey. He could do it on the phone and he could wait till this is over before he goes over to see him. It's not a necessary journey. You're right. 
He shouldn't be going. No, he shouldn't be going anywhere now. Like, you know, yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I, I mean, if I had my way tomorrow, I'd just open everything up. But that's a whole different argument. And, and by the way, before people say, oh, what's your plan, Noel? That's, like, that's another show when I could tell you all about the plan that I would like to have. But anyway... But in saying that, if he's going to tell everybody else you can't get on an aeroplane and go on a holiday... can't go five kilometres. <laughs> he shouldn't be going. Okay, but get, getting back to the way people are dealing with it, the financial aspect of it, we've just expected people, particularly the private sector, Johnny, just to get over it, get on with it, and accept the payment, the paltry 300, 350 that we're giving them a week or 200, depending on how much they're earning, and, and live the same life. With, when I say live the same life, pay their bills. Understandable, either. You know, I, I, look, I want to tell you, I live out in the country, so like you know, you know to yourself. The further out in the country you live, the cheaper the houses get. Like, but yeah. houses in Dublin are not cheap. Mortgages in Dublin are not cheap. I've seen houses in Dublin for sale for four hundred thousand. How you got to pay that on three hundred fifty euro a week? No, you're not going to pay it. And have to pay tax on that $350? Not a whole Well, they announced this morning, by the way, that this what they did last year, or just gone there in January, they told you that you can pay that over four years if you were on PUP payment last year. But they're saying now this morning, it's in the paper, that the revenue commissioners have reconsidered this, and they're now saying that anybody on PUP this year will have to pay it by the end of this year. You're not going to get any leeway on it. And what are they going to do if you don't? Well, yeah, well, exactly, Sean. What are they going to do? Are they going to put you in jail? Yeah. No, well, what they do is they'll charge you interest and penalties and fines, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's just insult after insult. So what's the solution, Johnny? There's none. Uh, well, there is, yeah, because I can guarantee you everyone in Ireland is thinking it, but they probably won't say it because I'm thinking it, and I know you've had this political debate with me before, but when this is all done and dusted, Fianna Fáil, Fianna Cáil and the Green Party will never, ever get into power in Ireland because... Sinn Féin is going to run away with it because they are, look yeah. what they're doing to the people. Look what they're doing to the people. They're starving them to death, basically. You know? So, well, see, here's the thing. I don't know during this pandemic. I mean, if you look up in Northern Ireland, for example, they're in the same boat. So Sinn Féin are in power up there. Should they, so, I mean, realistically, they haven't done much better than the government down here, have they? Well, they're not in power up there because there's a committee up there. Not well, I understand that, but they are in power. They're in joint power. Yeah, joint power, but sure, like, that's not the same. That's like saying that you know, the three guys that are together now. Like, if you went back before this uh, pandemic started, with Fina Gale and Fina Fall, talk to each other, not a hope. You know, they've only done this for bonus points, I reckon. You know, let's team up and not let, let another party in. And look, Niall, there's that much going on up there, dirty deeds, with this country. You know it, I know it, everybody No, it's knows just corrupt. It. Like, I, mean, I thought corruption corrupt. was gone, but no, it's not. It's clearly corrupt, this government. Like, and this country. Yeah, I mean, you just have to look at But I mean, I did mention, you know, that it's all well and good, you know, us looking to government for help. And and it's, it, I find it upsetting. Now, I've been very lucky in the sense that, thankfully, I'm still in my job. I took a reduced wage to stay in my job, but I'm still in my job, right? But I, I think it's it's disturbing to watch people making decisions. Michal Martin, Simon Coveney, uh, Leo Varadkar, Simon Harris, Stephen Donnelly. Uh, and I'm sorry, that just that name upsets me. Uh, and every other person in government is upsetting to watch them make decisions that really don't really affect their lives. They don't, I mean, they, 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 they're still on full pay. You know, they, they still get, some of them got to get to go to Brussels every now and again. Uh, they get driven around in a, a chauffeur lim, limousine or whatever it is. So their lives are not really affected by all this. And yet they're making decisions, so they're disconnected from the people, aren't they? Of course they're disconnected. Very much. Are you joking me? They don't live in the real world at all. Like you said earlier on, money makes a lot of problems go away. And, well, like, what do they do for their money? 
Sorry, Siobhan? They should be forced to take a cut and pay to, you know, there should be some kind of thing. You can't have, as I said, everybody's in this, so they keep telling us everybody's in this together, but as we know, they're not, because they do something, and then, as I said, you can't even go five kilometres from your house, and they can go off. So it's one rule again for them, and one for us, and they're on full pay, absolutely no impact to them at all, and as you said, they don't, they've absolutely no idea what the general public, you know, people that are really, really struggling are trying to, you know, how they're trying to make ends meet. That that amount is ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? So mm. there's no concept of it. Absolutely, they're not as I mean, there is, the people at all. When I watch Leo Varadkar sometimes, I see a glint of normality in his eye, and every now and again he slips up and he becomes normal. I, and you know, like for example, just before Christmas there in prime time, when he turned around and said, "I guarantee an effort would be making these decisions if they were on three hundred quid a week." So yeah. when he says stuff like that, you know, he's thinking of the people. But then he, then the they next day he'll apologise for saying it and slip back into politician mode again. Yeah. Yeah, they're not doing anything to to back it up. Like it's all very words are cheap. Do you know what I mean? You can yeah. say, "Oh God, I'm really sorry about that." You know, but I'm not going to do anything about it. You know, they're not doing anything about it. They're not looking at this properly. They're not, you know, seeing the impact. As I said, they've a real tunnel vision about how they're going to deal with this, and it's kind of like it's they're so focused on stopping the spread of the virus that, you know, that they're, as I said, they're forgetting all the other things that are going to fall out from this. Like, there'll be companies that will never open up again because of this. Absolutely. So what happens to those people? Do you know what I mean? That's what's coming down the line. Like, the un- unemployment rate will just be ridiculous. Like, do you know what I mean? So what are you saving people for? Okay, well, listen, I have to take a break. Thank you very much indeed, Siobhan, and to, to Johnny as well. So the text coming in. Um, the fools have voted for Fianna Fáil and Fianna Girls. He says Fianna Fáil and Fianna Girls at the last election have blood on their hands and should be ashamed of themselves. And that is why these politicians continue to get away with murder when nobody will question their motives, says Joe. Joe, I would agree with you, but in saying that, would Sinn Féin have been any better when I look at what's going on up in Northern Ireland? Probably not. Uh, I know, I think not only me, Michael Martin is going to the USA, but the whole lot of the, uh, the gang are invited over by Biden. Uh, I well, I couldn't care less. Uh, I here's the thing: my thinking on the Michael Martin thing, right? And I'm going to be honest: with you, I don't care if he goes to America. I couldn't care if he goes there in his nip and doesn't get any tests or nothing. I don't care. It doesn't bother me personally. But as a people, it should bother you because he's telling you not to go past your five k. He cannot claim that's a necessary journey. Yes, diplomatic relations are very important between Ireland and America. He could do a phone call. Uh, the um, the Irish ambassador in America could easily go to Biden and hand the bowler shamrock. And he could arrange to meet him in a couple of months when all the pandemic is over. So it's not a necessary journey. He wants to do it. It's traditional. I get that. But he's going to piss off a lot of people if he does. Oh, I keep texting, keep WhatsApping. It's quite disturbing, actually, when I see some of the texts coming in and somebody else mentioned, somebody mentions a text here. I know exactly how that man feels, Niall. And, and it is upsetting to listen. I mean, he said, you know how hard it is. I'm reading out the part of his email again. How hard it is to look at your kids when they ask for money for anything. And you always have to say, no, Christmas was a disaster. I had to cancel the sky, the Netflix, the internet. Uh, we have two phones with unlimited data. My older kids have to have the pay as you go and I give them 20 quid a month so they can do their homework online on their phones. I mean, my God, what are we doing to the people of Ireland? To a section of the people of Ireland. By the way, somebody says, no, stop having a go at the public se- the, pr- the private sector. Public sector. I'm not having a go at you. I'm not. I'm not. We should all be like you. I'm not having a go at you. I'm not divide. I don't want to divide anybody. It's not a public-private sector thing. The point I'm trying to make is, is that the reason 
they're getting away with this is because they're not doing it en masse to everybody. Because public sector, no matter whether your department is open or closed, you still get paid. Your job is not affected by it. Your future finances are not affected by it. Your job will always be there. You know, when the country opens back up, your job will be there. A lot of people, these 500,000 people on the PUP payment, a lot of them, their jobs won't be there when this is over. When this pandemic finishes and the government announce, and this is, by the way, the travesty that's going to happen, that's going to hit everybody in six months, whatever it is, that everything is finished. And the government say, right, that's it. We're all open again. Affect the social distance. Go off and shake hands and kiss each other if you want to. Don't care less. It's gone. Let's say that happens, okay, theoretically. But we're now ending the PUP payment. We're ending the government subsidies. When all that happens, what's going to happen then? And people don't have any jobs. They don't have any government subsidies. What are you going to do then? Let me go to Kieran. Kieran, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Kieran? Not too bad in yourself. Not a long time. No talk. It's been, it's been, Kieran, I recognise your voice. It's been a, it's been a couple of years since I spoke to you. It actually has indeed, man. How are you getting on? I'm good, and I'm delighted to hear from you. I'm delighted to hear, and I hope you're okay. I'm good, yeah. Um, no, because I was just saying to the researcher there to start, um, what you call it, that I'm, you probably know, and I've probably told you this before, I'm an alcoholic, and I suffer with mental illness. I have a disability. But um, I've been, like, constantly, constantly trying to find work. But I found myself getting very, very sick again last year, and I had to leave college, and I had to leave whatever I was doing, and what you call it, because, well, my health was, my mental health was damaging not just me, but other people. My addiction was damaging other people, not just me, um, verbally and things like that. But, um, what you call it, what I just put in place for myself then was in December, I got off the drink. I am um, no, no longer on medication. And I, I have a list of things I do for myself every single day. Like the night before, I'll write out a list. Now, I'll use things like meditation and that. Now, I don't want to invite the crazies on the show, but um, <laughs> meditation for me... Well, you say meditation, why do you sit there going, hum, hum. No, you don't. <laughs> it's literally, you literally just, you close your eyes, you sit there with your hands on your knees, you shut your brain off, you let the thoughts come in and out, you can listen to slow music, light music if you want. It's probably Anything in particular that we should listen to? Um... Just anything but Enya. Anything but Enya. Oh, no. okay, okay. <laughs> right. Because that kept, that's the first thing that came into my head, actually, was Enya. But, uh, yeah, go on, okay. But anyway, Not yeah, Enya, so okay. Why I said about the crazies there, anyway, about um, the meditation. I find that actually works better for me. Do you reckon it calms you? Yeah. Okay, all right, okay. But uh, mind you, and that's great, and I'm not disagree with you, Kieran, and I'm delighted to hear you off the drink, and, uh, and I'm sure meditation does calm people, and, and giving yourself five, ten minutes of the day just to try to put all those negative thoughts out of your head, but that still doesn't pay the bills. And, no. you know, uh, Kieran, you're a single man, and I'm assuming you're on disability payment, are you? I am indeed, Okay, yeah. so your financial, you know, the financial aspect of your life hasn't really changed. Your mental health obviously has, and I know that can be quite difficult for people. Uh, Kieran, I'm not rushing you, but I have to get to a lot of people here, and it's great to hear from you again, Kieran. and keep up the good work, by the way, and stay off the bloody alcohol, all right? Denise, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Denise? Hello, Niall, how are you? Good. De- Denise, you're very angry today. Oh, yeah, I am angry. Well, I mean, I've been listening to your show, and thank God for you, like, you know, you're one... You and Michael McNamara, that independent TD from Clare, like... Oh, right, OK, he's a wonderful man, isn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, thanks for the God, somebody is saying something, but about this, you know, the, the paying back of tax, I can't understand, Niall, why it wasn't done at source. Did Absolutely. Just want to look at, did they just want to look good? Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Why couldn't they have just deducted the tax at source yeah, and, well, and given daughter, out a figure, a grossed is, figure? Yes. Yeah, my daughter is in Edinburgh, um, Niall, and she, they are deducted. She's on furlough payment and she is deducted at source. Like. Yeah. Yeah, it's and logical. I mean, I can't understand. There's so many, like, I mean, for example, like, 
Leo Varadkar says, oh yeah, I can stay vacation in Sligo for August. My sister at Christmas tried to get a house in Kerry for September and they were all booked out. Is it just because he's Leo Varadkar? It is, it's not what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find that really upsetting. And, and by the way, a friend of mine was telling me he was looking for staycations because obviously this year the government are telling us that we're not going to be leaving the country. We're all going on staycations. And I believe most places are nearly booked up and some of the prices being charged around the country are outrageous. Phenomenal. Outrageous, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. for you know, for a, a kind of a four-star hotel in Ireland now, you're probably looking at about twelve hundred to fifteen hundred for a week. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd, you'd yeah. go to Spain for half of that. Yeah, and I mean, the other the other two points I want to make is, you know, Roisin uh, Shortall, Alan Kelly, all the TDs that want to lock down the country. Do they have no children working abroad? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I live in County Clare. And I have no public transport. I'm an old age pensioner, by the way. I no, you no... don't sound like it. Eh? You're a very young sounding woman. Well, thank you very much. But I, if I have to go to see her, I have to leave here at five in the morning and drive or get a lift to Dublin Airport and park or pay someone to drive me. And then now they're putting all this testing on top of that. But do none of these people have any of their... Maybe they're just lucky enough that none of their children had to go abroad. I I don't believe anybody should ever be denied access to their own children, their own mother, their own father, their own brother or sister. I don't believe anybody should ever, under any circumstances, be denied access to their own family. And I would challenge anybody uh, who would try to find somebody or charge somebody for that. I think that would end up in a high court situation. Yeah, and the, just one more point, Nyland. I've been thinking about this. So, so for example, um, the way the medical, the way the Department of Health and the way the medical nephit are going, it feels to me it's a bit like the Catholic Church of the 50s and 60s. Oh, it is. When Tony Houlihan can say, I haven't decided on that. He sounds like Archbishop McQuaid. But I said this months ago in relation to... So did to, I. That's yeah, why I, 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 I you. I, I, put it, I, I put it up that they, basically it shows us how easy... And I don't want to have a go with Catholics per se, and I respect no, your religion, no, right? But, I, but it shows how easy it was many, many years ago for the Catholic Church to control a population, which they did, uh, with fear. So basically they said to us, the Catholic religion, if you don't live the way we live, you won't go to see Holy God and you'll go to hell. Yeah. And now the government are doing exactly the same thing if you don't live or neff it, if you don't live the way we're telling you to live, you'll kill your granny. Well, it was exactly like that. Even like, you know, you, you, you know we're not giving you condoms. Just don't have sex. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the other thing I want to point out is I, I can't understand why neffet aren't Zooming, why they all have to meet in person quite close to one another, and why they can't Zoom when the rest of us are expected to do that. Mm. Well, I did tell you, that's what I said at the very start of the show, they don't understand because it doesn't affect them. Uh, you know, they're, they're living their lives reasonably normal. Now, obviously, they still can't go on holidays like everybody else as well, but, but reasonably normally. I mean, they get paid every week. They, they go into work every day. And, you know, and I'm lucky, and I did say that at the start, so I'm lucky in respect that I still have my schedule. I still go into work every oh, day. Yeah, yeah, they see people. I, I, yeah. Like for me, I'm on my own. I see people walking up and down the road. That's about the extent of it. And, I mean, interaction is very, very poor with people because now they're afraid. You can feel them moving away from you even. Okay, uh, I'll tell you what I've got to do. We've got to take a break, and I wish you well, and I, and I hope things work out for you, and I hope you get to see your, your daughter. I have, and well done on this show, I have to say.
All right, thanks, Denise. Continue listening. Thanks very much indeed. All right, loads and loads of people texting in and WhatsApping, by the way. Let's just play one or two of your WhatsApp messages here. I have them here. And I want to come to Michael after the break as well. If you want to give us a call, you can. The number is 87 188 that's 87 188 I think I'm going to have to come back to the... Oh, there's why that wouldn't play. Somebody was messing with me buttons. That's what they were doing. Hey, Noel, just listening to that man's email there. Jesus, it's heartbreaking. Um, I was kind of in the same situation last year. They were during the first lockdown. Luckily, this time around, I'm working. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, if I could tell, say anything to him, like, I mean, look, all that matters is your family. You know, this is going to pass. You know, there's, there will be a light at the end of the tunnel. I know people are saying, look, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. But the government, I mean, they've no idea, like, people on the on the receiving end of this, like, going on PUP payments and still having to pay all their stuff. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, I'd like to see all them shower, you know, I won't say what they are, on €350 a week, you know, and have three kids. I have three kids, Niall, uh, and it's not easy. No, it certainly is not easy. Hi, Niall. Um, just listening there, I'm working from home, a civil servant. Um, we always get a bad rap. You know, we apply for these jobs because everybody wants a good permanent pensionable job. And I'm sick of people pitting us against the private sector. Civil service is a good job in the bad times, but a bad job in the good times. Because um, incomes and, and pay is not... What, what it should be for the work that's done or, or what you'd get in the private sector. But, Niall, all government departments are open. And I make that very clear. Each government department is open and running and has not closed. Staff are working from home. Staff are working remotely in offices. You know, you, you, you know we get a bad rap. But when you look, people have had to get breaks, um, you know, social welfare payments, revenue all that there's people behind all the work and help and support that's out there that's being given from government departments i want to clarify that i did say that i'm not pitting people against each other i'm not having a pop of the public sector i know there are a lot of departments there i know of one department or well a friend of mine who works for a department who's not doing anything at the moment his department are actually putting out very little i can't talk about the department it is uh, and he has hardly done any work at all this year so I'm not going to suggest all departments are working as hard as they used to. But yes, you're right. Revenue has to work. Social welfare has to work. Uh, the passports still, I, I know they're limited in service at the moment. There's a lot of departments still working, yes. But the point is, you don't have to worry about your money. And that's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm not say, that's saying that's a bad thing. We should be all in the same boat as you. None of us should have to worry that we have enough money every week. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not having a go with the public sector. Please don't think that I am. The thousands of people who are listening today, I would love to go around to each and every single one of you and walk into your houses and go over to you and shake you all and say, what are you doing? Why aren't, why aren't people looking at this the way we should be looking at it and the damage that's going to be done to people's lives? Michael and Mick, I need to get, the, get you both in, to, in the next 10 minutes. So, Michael, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Michael? Hi, Thomas. Um, you you feel uh, similar to the, the guy that emailed us at the start of the show. Obviously, you know he he's gone from earning a grand down to three hundred quid a week, uh, yeah. and he's finding it difficult to pay bills, feed and feed his family. You're in a similar situation. Oh well, I I walked up until last March, and um, I was rushed to Nice, and obviously I told I'd I'd covered covered, but uh, I was released from hospital after after eight days. Um, don't feel that the care is there for 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 people like like me. Like that. I mean, I mean, I see it in class. 
baby since last March. Okay. And it's really huge. It's really hurting me. Like you. I'm sorry, Michael. Are you okay? Are you okay? I, I fought with the government. Payment. I fought with social welfare. Payment. I was um, settled in the how many how many's in your family, Michael? Six. Sorry? In my family there's six. Six people in your family. And and obviously you're you're struggling to make ends meet at the moment. The only thing I'll say to you, Michael, it is only it is temporary. And I know it's all madness at the moment, and there's no light at the end of the tunnel. But you gotta think oh, in your own head it's temporary. We will What? There's no light. No, 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 and that's the way it looks right now. But but it is temporary. I, these people are controlling your life, and I get that. They're controlling everybody's life at the moment. But this will all come to an end. It'll all come to an end in the next few months. I told my wife last week. Michael, are you okay? Do you want to grab yourself a glass of water or something, and I'll come back to you? Are you all right? I forward the government. I follow social welfare. Mm-hmm. And you just feel there's nobody there to help you? There's nothing there for me. Um, I was meant to have my, my um, respiratory appointment with my, 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 my consultant in Asia. And what, 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 I, I, you have an appointment for a respiratory? Have, what's, what's wrong with you? Have you got COPD? I, I have chronic lung disease. Okay. COPD. Okay. I'm a chronic asthmatic. So obviously you have to, you obviously be very conscious at the moment and, and stay there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I get that. I, I, I seen the woman. Yeah. And I'm like, this for the past few months. I'm so sorry. It's really tough. It is, it is. And have you got, have you got friends, have you got other friends that you can talk to as well, by the way? I do, but it's online or on the phone. I can't have nobody to go near me. I know, I get that. But you can talk to them on the phone, can't you? Or, or maybe meet them at a window or whatever. Somewhere. Yeah, but in depression, it's in there. you just want to be on your own. Mm. And what about your what about your wife and family? And how I I, I she, unbelievable. Like, she yeah. said she'd call into me later, but she can Yeah. I only found out yesterday that I had to go for a COVID test today, which keeps me for two weeks from seeing anybody. Yeah. For two weeks, I didn't really need to be away from anybody. I know, yeah, I know, and you don't want to be away from people. I understand. You don't want to be in isolation away from people. If things are bad enough for you at the moment, can I get that? Or Michael, look, Michael, I want you to take care of yourself, all right? And if ever you need to talk to anybody, please just pick up a phone and ring people. Ring, even if you had to ring the Samaritans, it doesn't matter. Ring, so, ring somebody, Michael, all right? Always ring somebody. And remember, Michael, this time next year, I want you on the phone to the show singing songs, all right? I just don't think at the moment that there's services out there for me. There is. There's, there's something out there for everybody. And there's, there's nothing. Mick, 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 you've got a wife, you've got kids, you've got a life ahead of you. Think of that. Don't be thinking about the bad times right now. And as much as you feel there's no light at the end of the tunnel, we all feel the same way. We're all in this, in this boat somehow together. We all feel that, that way at the moment. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And I promise you, by the end of this year, certainly by the end of this year, maybe by August... We'll all be going back to doing what we're doing best. Michael, I really, really wish you well, and I, and I hope that you get to talk to people. I just want to go to Mick very quickly, if I can, as well. 
Uh, I'll, actually, I'll do. I'll go to Mick after the break. I'll go to Mick after the break. Are you okay, Michael? Yeah, I'm okay. Mick. Okay, all right. And uh, what are, have you got? Some, what are you doing today? Are you, are you going out anywhere today? Or I'm not. No, I'm just I'm isolating for next two weeks. Can you go for a walk? Even can you go for a no, walk? Get a bit of fresh air. I can't. I have to isolate. Isolate means I have to stay in my room. No, around your back garden or something like that. Even even back get out. Garden. Even even get out the back, back garden. garden don't show, back garden don't show much. Like so, it's very hard to go walking. Like, you know. I know. I know. I know. But I mean. It, just even out into your front garden there with your mask on you or whatever. You know, just don't be talking to anybody at the moment if you're supposed to be isolating, I suppose. That's what they want you to do. You know. Michael, I hope you, you get to talk to people, all right? All right. Michael, take care of yourself, all right? Ash, I tell you what, Ashley's just got to pick up the phone to you now, all right? Okay, so just take care of yourself, Michael. Um, Ashley will just pick up the phone and have a chat with him there. Oh, my... I really, really believe and I hope that people in power listen to both the email that I read out earlier on, who might have heard Michael, Siobhan, Mick, I'm going to talk to after the break, is in a very similar situation, and people all over this country who are in a desperate state. And you politicians have no idea. You pretend you care. You pretend you know how people feel when you're making your decisions every day. You don't know how people feel. I want to go to Mick if I can. Mick, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Mick? No, I was saying, sorry, sorry for delaying. I know you wanted to come on there before the break. Uh, uh, and, just, and just to let people know that Ruth is now talking to, to Michael there and uh, he's okay, he's grand. He, he yeah. just got, he just got, I think he just became a little bit overwhelmed and yeah. it was all on top of him. And for those, it was difficult to understand him. I think it was a dodgy line, but he was saying basically he's to go in for surgery and he has to isolate for two weeks and he's already in a bad place and isolating for him it's going to be very difficult for him not to have any contact with people, you know? So I think that's what he was concerned about. I think that, that's part of it as well, Noel, just yeah. before I go into wild play. But the, this is where the government are, are just ignoring everything else. The issues that are going to arise from these continuous lockdowns, um, the constant daily figures being put out, the bad news. You have the tarnished there who comes out with stupid comments like, I had to buy my own hair clippers and know, why should everyone else not do that? Like, they get an allowance every year for appearance and clothing and all that. So effectively, our taxes are paid for that. Well, mine happened because I've lost pretty much most of my wages for this year, um, or for the last year, sorry. But like, th- th- you have Amy Ryan coming out saying that there's going to be no travel. Uh, don't even think about it. Tony Hewlett comes out and says, no no travel. The only beach you'd be going to is your local one, which effectively... And by the way, you're not even allowed to go to your local one unless it's within five kilometres. There was a man like arrested that, on the local beach last uh, week. You, you, see, you see the guards down, and uh, for some reason, the armed response unit patrolling beaches in the country. Like, whatever about the guards patrolling the beaches... You, no, the they've, lost, they've all lost the run of themselves. And it, they have indeed. Yeah, and, it's gone bonkers now at this stage. And, and you think that you, now, when I mean, Martin does or doesn't go across, across the pond to the US, is it doesn't affect me entirely. At this stage, what affects me is is another full year of no aviation travel. Okay, um, because just to clarify, okay, so you're sorry, a pilot. I'm a pilot. I'm a pilot with one of the airlines out of Dublin here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not entitled to the PUP. Uh, the airline itself won't claim for the PUP on my side. And then when I go to claim it, I'm, t- I'm pushed back and told I'm only entitled to the €203 Euro a week. Um, now, so you've the, gone from earning a good wage, because I'm assuming as a pilot you earned a good wage. 
Um, yeah, like, and so you have a lost. lifestyle based around that wage. And that was exactly it. And yeah. I, 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 I was lucky enough that you now I moved out out to the outskirts of Dublin, but I still bought a house in Dublin prices. Yeah, back in November, just before it, the COVID kicked in. Um, so, like, like in in a sense, I'm lucky. Can I ask you what your mortgage is? How much is your mortgage? Uh, it's t- thirteen hundred and fifty a month. And how are you affording that? You're not. Luckily, just well. Luckily, my my partner's been able to take the the, the big gold the brunt, yeah, the brunt, okay. the brunt of it. But everything else has been put on the the on the back burner. There's there's nothing been done. Um, we we like that. Our lifestyle was built around both of us having a good wage. And I'm not like, I'm not saying I I want my wages from the government, but there has to be a, a kind of a picture well, here. Well, yeah, but hang on for a second. And, and I I know you're saying you don't want your wages from the government, but you need to be compensated. It's not your fault that you can't work at the moment. It's the government's fault that you can't work at the moment. Yeah, they and, put and you the, out of work. And yeah, exactly. And then it doesn't help then that you have ministers coming out and saying. Well, there's going to be no travel whatsoever. That's just put. Well, they've kind of essentially demonised the industry, haven't they? Yeah, and and they continuously say that it was aviation. Now, don't be wrong. We're in Ireland, so aviation. There must have been some form of a contributing factor to bringing uh, the virus to this island. But at the same time, there hasn't been any way the cases that have come off aviation. To well, they, they talked about anywhere between one and three percent of cases over the whole year has come through uh, Dublin Airport or the ports. So one and one and three or one to three percent of cases, which is nothing in the big scheme of things. Which is no, which and, is nothing. And, uh, but I said this the other day: you have prime time out at Dublin Airport, you know, practically burning people at the stake. Uh, you know, looking to, to interview people, you know, who are going on holidays or whatever it is. You have the guards out there finding the 500. You've, you've Stephen Donnelly threatening more aggressive uh, Garda patrolling at Dublin Airport, i.e. they might have to start arresting people soon, right? And meanwhile, the real problem where people are actually dying, the vulnerable people are in care homes and hospitals, and they're doing very little about it. And that's the other thing. They, they, did say, they, they said that they're going to have a certain age bracket vaccine by March and then there was the goalposts are moved and it was back to April now we're going off to the end of May before the over 70s are done and they, and like that, I don't understand the reason why people in this country are lying down and just taking it anyway that why do you think I, 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 I can't but, figure this out for the but, life of me but the problem is we, for some reason the, this country is political amnesia like that there was there was um, guys voted up, the, up the, the northern part of the country there and monitoring that sort of thing years back for backhanded uh, money, this, that, and the other, and they were they were ran out of office, and six months later they were back in when the, when the elections came around. Mm-hmm. People, they were there was a prime time investigation. They were they were criticised to the hilt for taking money for planning permission and everything else. And prime time had them on, on tape, and these guys were all pushed out of office. And six eight months later they were back. They're in. all elected back in again. They were all back in, and it's the same thing again. Like that, we've treat we've treat clowns running the country and we also have the, the guy who's pulling the strings on these on these three muppets and that's tony hillen and how he's able to come out every single day with figures and bombard people they you can divide any number and get it to become bigger for you if you want and that's what's happening here they keep telling us 160,000 people have covid they don't that's the total numbers for the last year mm-hmm. So it, 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 when you see the headline, they see just 160,000 people, that's that X amount of people have died. That's not relative to what... At the I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, it is sad to see anybody die, right? 
But I mean, as I pointed out before, if you take it that 90 people die in this country every single day, actually in January and February, more people die because they are the most popular months to die, unfortunately, because of the winter season. And elderly people do tend to die. Now, you can have a thing called what they call mortality displacement, where you have a good or a mild January and February, and those deaths are pushed forward then to March and April. But the point is, people die anyway. Now, if we were to test everybody who died in this country, be it a stroke, heart attack, whatever it happens to be, or cancer, I can assure you that a percentage of them will be COVID positive anyway. And I, I, that's the thing. Like, so, it, so it's not going to end. The point I'm making no, is if we keep testing they, everybody, it's not going to end. The common flu has suddenly disappeared. Ah, oh, that's weird, yeah. I, I, and like that, we, we would have a certain, like you said, the, the, unfortunately, the elderly, there is the higher mortality during the winter months. Of course. Because the elderly get sick and pass away. But now they've suddenly, the pneumonia has disappeared and they now suddenly have COVID pneumonia. Like it's still the same thing, only that they're able to paraphrase it into something else, and it's conti- it's just going to be a continuous barragement of oh well, we can't open the country up because of this, and then like I said, you have these clowns coming out with. And, and how, so, how are you financially now, Mick? Because obviously you're eighty percent down uh, on what you did there in this time last year, so to speak. So how yeah. how can you? I mean, obviously you're you're grateful that your missus has a job. Um, and so she's taking the brunt of all the bills at the moment. So your 200 quid is not paying for very much, I wouldn't imagine. No, uh, it's not. It's, no. it's literally, like, I, I've actually had to, to put the car up for sale. Right, okay. Um, and, like, we, we, we both need car, the, the two cars. She she works uh, across in Minute. Okay. Um, and, like, um, she needs a car every day. So the car is not outside the house. Okay. I need a car then for picking up the young flat and that sort of thing. So, that they, you know, but at the same time, the bills are starting. To, like we didn't, we didn't. We were lucky enough that we didn't take the six month uh, sabbatical from our mortgage, and for the sole reason that the banks were just going, yeah, but you'll pay that back. You'll pay it back yeah, with interest, yeah. Yeah, and then again, they're saying now just three hundred. Well, the, the, bank, the banks have done nothing for people in this country. They Absolutely nothing. No. And the government, the government coming out today and saying, oh, and by the way, if you if you avail of the pup going forward. You're going to be whacked for the tax bill at the, the end of this year, and, and it can't be brought dragged out over four years. Now you have to pay it at the end no, of the year. So then you're going to have two separate tax bills. You're going to have the, the tax be. bill at the end of this year for your PUP. You're also going to have your tax bill for your over your the start that starts for the four there years. There should be no tax on PUP payments. At all. And the, 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 like I'm, like I said, I, I'm okay. Well, the, the two hundred quid is get is paying for some of the bills, but my colleagues that have to travel in week in week out into this country to, to, to sit on standby in a hotel and pay for that and then not be called. So they, they effectively aren't working. No. And those, they're not entitled to, to any payments from the government because they're not residents. And, and, and when you talk to your colleagues in the, in the aviation industry or fellow pilots, what's the general sense? Do you believe you'll be back in the air by August? No. No, everyone's is writing this year off altogether again, and you were looking at it into into next year as well because for whatever reason, other countries at the moment this week alone, Italy are open back up their ski resorts. Mm. Other countries are starting. Are that, that's where it all started, by the way. Really, wasn't I know. It? Yeah, yeah ironically they, enough, they, they are starting to look at the broader picture here and go, right, we do need to open up. Things have to. We have to. Well, that's li- that, well, that's what they're doing in a lot of places now. They're looking at it and saying, look. You know, we have to understand there will be people that will continue to die, uh, you know, of all sorts of illnesses, by the way. There will be continue. If we keep testing people, they're going to keep testing positive because even with the vaccine, because the government have made it quite clear the vaccine doesn't stop the infection. Um, so it's not going to create a herd. 
immunity, I don't believe, for a minute. So if they keep testing people, it's absolutely going to keep going on. It's never, ever going to stop. By the way, just to mention as well, the Taoiseach has asked Stephen Donnelly to increase the fine for non-essential travel from 500 to €2,000 per person. There you go. And he said, that's just... Are you, this is... This, this is you couldn't make this stuff up. So anybody now going to Dublin Airport um, who wants to go away on holidays, if you get stopped by the guards at Dublin Airport, which you will, um, you're going to get charged €2,000. That's 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 going to put the nail in the coffin now for you, isn't it? Absolutely. That's that's effectively this whole year it gone completely now. If that's the case, that's ridiculous. Whatever. whatever. Um, by the way, according to the Department of Foreign Affairs, if I'm wrong, maybe Ashley will check this for me. But as far as I'm aware, the Department of Foreign Affairs still doesn't say that international travel is banned. It says it's advisory. It's an advisory. So why are they doing this? I don't know. And like they they they, they throw up these fines. How long are they going to be in place for? Like, what, when, when will they deem non-essential travel to go on your, your holidays will be allowed? These fines are going to stay in place for, in, for a defined period. That would be fair enough. People can plan ahead. But the fact that they're just saying, no, this is what it is, and we're going to increase it. Well, I, well, I, well, I hate to give you the bad news there today, because it's literally only just come in, but the Taoiseach has now asked Stephen Donnelly to increase the fine for non-essential travel um, at Dublin Airport for, from 500 to 2,000 euro. Yeah, and they, and you, you oh well, and good for them if they're earning 130 grand on ministerial pay and everything else. So they could pay it anyway, so it wouldn't make any difference. Uh, the rest of us couldn't pay that. Well, uh, listen, I, I have to go on to the next call, but just say I appreciate you ringing, Mick. I hope things get better for you, and I hope you're back in the air soon for all our sakes, because I want to go on holidays as well. And if I do, if I do get to go away, maybe you know you get me looked after the old VIP area. <laughs> I don't think that happens. <laughs> the jump seat. Do they still have a jump seat? They do indeed, but the restrictions, they kind of got messed up a few years ago. <laughs> All right, thanks, Mick. Have a good day. All right, Adele Gibbon, how you doing? You're the owner of New uh, New You Beauty Salon in Clany. And um, doing, if you were listening, of course, to Leo Varadkar, he said people need to go out and buy their own hair, scissors and clippers, more or less insinuating you guys are not going to be back in business in the near future. How does that make you feel? I have kind of mixed feelings on it, to be honest with you. I mean, I have respect for the decisions that they're making, but I mean, it comes with a lot of trepidation, obviously, as a business owner. You're just thinking, how long more can you actually sustain and how hardship? And how long more can you sustain the hardship? Well, I mean, I don't want to say I'm getting used to being in lockdown, but I, I've definitely adapted to the idea. And I do appreciate that we need to be in this that bit longer. Like, I've been listening to your previous caller and, like, you seem to be under the impression that the vaccine's not going to be on its own uh, effective enough. So, like, we can't continue like this. It's whatever about financially, like, you may have the reserves financially, but will you have the mental reserves to get through? That's my worry. And see, it's okay, I suppose, to some degree. Some businesses, and I've talked to some people, I, a, friend, a friend of mine, his mate owns a pub, and it wasn't doing very well. And he's now on government subsidies. He doesn't have to pay his rates because they're wavered. Um, and he reduced his staff number. So he's not that much worse off, right? Uh, but in saying that, there are other businesses that are suffering really badly, and there are workers that are suffering really badly. Uh, and you know, and some businesses will not survive. There are businesses who just will not reopen again because they just don't have the money. Um, they can't do it, and they won't be able to do it with social distancing for sure. Um, and yeah. I, I, I know that you know the hair and beauty industry has suffered badly over this. Like the like the wet pubs, they have been always like, hit first and closed first and last to open, yeah. and all this kind of carry on. So, uh, I, but then again, so the hairdressers are out there cutting people's hairs in their houses anyway, aren't they? Well, look, at I believe there's a, 
an element, there always has been an element of the black market. Um, I'd rather not get started on that because that never ends well for me. <laughs> but um, Needs must, I, I suppose. Can't, <laughs> I can't do much, to be honest with you. Like, you know, we, we've done all that we can in terms of we got the PPE in, we, we've made one-way systems, we did temperature checks. Like, we, we invested hugely in keeping the salon safe. And I need to do that from a personal point of view. I'd be an all or nothing kind of girl and I wasn't mm. bringing anybody into a scenario that I felt they're going to feel compromised. Therefore, maybe my team won't be able to perform and my clients are going to get twitchy. So that just wasn't going to bode well. So, look, we made huge changes. We invested in a machine that would allow us to be in the treatment room for a little bit longer without being hands-on. It was a Dermalux LED. Yeah. And it's like a dome. I've seen those, yeah. Head. Like, we did a lot. You know, we went online on our shop. We went for virtual skin consultations. They'll be launched next week. We went for vouchers online. Yeah, so you you adapted the business. I get you. you know, and that costs money, adapted. by the way. That costs money. Oh, well, I have to tell you, none of it was free. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. And I mean, not just financially, but your time, because everything is taking so much longer as well. It's not simply a question of picking up the phone and people are waiting for the call, because... People are just so stressed now. Like and do you, do you think, by the way, there might be a cultural change, Adele, that, say, for example, now, I, I don't know, I don't obviously polish my nails, but say that girls now at home and women at home are doing their own hair, doing their own colour, polishing their own nails. They've adapted to being able to do their own nails now rather than, you know, pop it into you. I don't know how much nails cost, 30 or 40 quid, whatever it is for gel nails these days. So do, Niles, you know, do you want me to hang up now? <laughs> how much are gel nails? How much are nails to get done? Don't give me a little opportunity to promote the business. <laughs> How much are <laughs> nails? How much are nails is it? Well, look at it. Fifty, is it? Ashley's telling me. Nails, f- How much are a good set of nails? You mean? So okay. So, like, yeah, like you're looking at thirty euros. Thirty for euro. a set of, we'll say, a three-week polish. This is going to go all over your head now, Niall, but however... It, I know, it we'll won't go completely <laughs> over me. I do have a partner, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So that's so that's so is that the two coats? So you put the nail varnish on first, and then the oh my god, you're good, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, two coats, no, you're probably looking at about four different layers. You have to press the nail first, and then you have to put on the base coat. Right, right. Two, two layers, right. Polish, whatnot. But um, you women, I'd huh? love to just put across just if I can in terms of like the sort of challenges that businesses, I'd say, are facing. Like we, like I personally warehouse that. I have thousands waiting to be paid. You know, yep. rent is an, an absolute impossibility. I have an extremely inflexible landlord. There's been no let off there. So cash flow is an absolute strain. You still have your fixed charges, your electricity, your phone. I have a software supplier. He still has to get paid. What about no your one, rates? Your rates are wavered, are they, at the moment? So that is the one, Like, it's not been all bad, of course. I wouldn't like... To, I want to be very balanced in my view. Like, we yeah. have had rates wavered. But, like, you have, you know, your clientele coming in and saying, to you, ah, but you're in the grand. You're getting your business continuity back, like... Yeah. vouchers and you're trading online vouchers none of them were easy like they had to jump into a hoop it's where you're actually getting a lung transplant from them you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and do you, will you get a bit of help I mean I know the government are putting together plans for you know austerity or not austerity this kind of helicopter type funds whereby when businesses reopen there'll be grants available for businesses you know to, to get up and running again and maybe do a bit of marketing get their online stuff going I, I mean have you availed of any of those are they available are they easy to get no, that's what I'm saying. They're not easy to get. Like, it's yeah. all very sugar-coated. Like, they say something on, like, a almost like a knee-jerk comment, and everybody thinks, Jesus, they're getting money thrown at them. Like, that's not the case. Yeah. Like, I know it took me, God, weeks on end to get the trading online voucher. It was €2,500. 
Like, right. it, it took about two weeks to get all the paperwork in, and then there was a mountain of stuff after that. It was two and a half grand. Two and a half grand, hardly worth it. Yeah, it was hardly For worth it. Two and a half grand. Like, yeah. like, honest to God, the headspace it took, it was nearly not worth it. But look, I'm grateful we got it and all the rest. But none of it has been handing, handed to you on a plate. Absolutely none of it. Yeah. There's no such thing as free money, you know. No, I mean, isn't. we've had to think outside the box, you know. Like, I've done so many training courses. My All my therapists have been amazing. I want to give them a shout out, actually, in fairness, because after lockdown number two, I just said, look, girls, if you don't mind, can you row in a little bit behind me? I, I am very vulnerable. I don't have all the answers. Jump on board, and they have been incredibly Yeah, most, most staff have, and they, they have a very... I'm delighted to see that staff in most industries are, are getting on board, and they understand that bosses don't know where they're going, don't know what's happening, don't know what's going to happen next week, and, and you know, they're, they're being understanding, I suppose. Yeah, and you have this perception that, like, we have all the answers. We absolutely don't. I mean, I had to wear a different hat nearly every day. I mean, you're talking about crash courses in nearly HR and then the accountants because you're trying to keep up with PUP, EWS, TWS. As I believe it's CRSS now, your head would be in a spin. <laughs> it's like trying to hit a moving target. Mm. Then you have to kind of almost like be a counsellor because you have your team's anxieties to deal with, which is your own as well, but you're trying to keep a lid on them. And then you're a mum and a wife and... Yeah, like it's just, and on top of that, then of course you're, you're like superwoman, Adele. You're like superwoman. <laughs> you should see me sitting here. I even put a bit of makeup on for you, as if you can see me. But, uh, I, but you I did know, not, I did know you? What makeup feels like today. I haven't worn makeup. What? Well, you well, you said I'm going on the radio. I better do myself up a little bit here. Yeah, yeah honest to God, it's mad. <laughs> it's all about perception. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look wonderful, Adele. Can I just point so out? But I have to say exactly. that eye makeup now could you could be a bit better on that. <laughs> <laughs> you can wing the mascara enough for you, didn't I? I mean, yeah, because we don't. There's other stuff you're missing out on. I suppose I don't know whether you do makeup for weddings. Do you do any of that kind of stuff as well? Yeah, no, we yeah. do. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's been but hit hard. We couldn't do that. That's been hit. I mean, there was a certain amount of things that we had to look at straight away because obviously we've an online system for booking. So I was thinking, oh my god, what what will I have to get off the system that people can't book in so straight away it was makeup and threading believe it or not one of the that's, oh that's eyebrows isn't it yeah with a yeah. piece of thread it's hair removal but because obviously I've seen people doing that's an amazing I've seen a woman doing that one day I think it was McCabe's pharmacy oh, yeah, I'm yeah and, and she has these two bits of thread and she's going back and forward across the eyebrow yeah, twid- twiddling them quite bizarre what does that yeah, do it pulls the hairs out does it it does. It's a little bit gentler, we'll say, than waxing. It just doesn't distort the follicle as much. So it's, and there's less trauma to the skin. So it is a preferred way of, right. you know, for some. I mean, okay. I'd always look at the hair growth and obviously make decisions on the it. The waxing, now, that's, 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 that's painful, I'd say, is it? Well, I'm hoping now, you haven't had the nails done. Are you telling me you've actually experienced waxing? I don't really need any waxing. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm fairly hairless, to be honest with you. In all aspects. But you're not a good customer for me. <laughs> well, I'm certainly not going into you to get me bikini line done or whatever it happens to be. So, though, the point I was trying to make was, I think a lot of women out there now are kind of DIYing it, right? Uh, and it might be not a good thing when it comes to their hair, mind you, because they could be destroying their hair with these box colours and all sorts of carry-on, right? But they're DIYing it with their gel nails. They probably bought a little kit on Amazon with the ultraviolet light. Are you worried that that, you know, going forward is going to damage the industry as such that people may now be adapting to doing it themselves? Look, I'm all about adaptability, to be honest with you. I mean, even if it does affect the business, you're going to have to take, you know, the good with the bad. And I think I'd be naive to think that there's not going to be a certain fall off from people. I mean, as it is, we're marking out 15 minutes in between every customer. 
because mm-hmm. you've got to sanitise the room. So it's already hit the bottom line for us in terms of revenue. So, yeah, I mean, I'm expecting it to be a tough year or two, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's not... But mind you, you have a good catchment area there. Clonny, Blanchestown, Stroke Blanchestown. It's a big catchment area, isn't it? It, it is. I yeah. mean, we get a lot from Clonny, and we'll say... Little Pace. We, oh, yeah, Little Pace is huge. Dunboyne, yeah. people come from Lucan. Like, we do, and we have... Again, I'd love to shout out to my client base, if there's anybody listening. They have been phenomenally supportive. They're very, very loyal. I'm getting DMs from them all the time. New you. The new you beauty salon. In other words, if I went in there, I'd come out just looking like a new me, would I? That is exactly it. <laughs> and new you. So it was kind of like a pun on it. Like where I worked my first job in this industry, I remember so many clients saying to me as they finished up to leave, oh, geez, Adele, this is the new me. I'm definitely... And I, so many used to say to me, I said, I have got to use that in my business. And so hence I did. Because it's very athletic. Yeah, I know. But if I went in looking for a new me, people think I'm going through a midlife crisis. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you sound pretty, you know, perfect. I don't think I'm I know I am. That, I am. You know? I am perfect. My partner tells me every day that I'm perfect. There so, you go. Yeah, well, well actually, do you mean... Ashley is laughing in my ear here. Well, hang on. Just stay there, Adele, from uh, the uh, owner of the New You Beauty Salon in Clinique. Louise, no. how you doing, Louise? You're on, you're on Classic Kids. Uh, you're a hairdresser. You, yeah. Pardon? You're a hairdresser. I am. I am, yeah. Hairstylist, yeah, please yeah, give yourself a proper title. Hairstylist. Hairstylist to the stars, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but things are not going too well in your department. No, no, and um, I I just kind of I got up to sleep this morning and I kind of had a feeling that like um, my boss was kind of nearly cut. Like not that he would, but I just had this feeling. I don't I don't see why any salon owner would be hanging around now because. It's just getting dragged out now, isn't it, at this stage? Oh, it is getting dragged out, yeah. Oh, my God. And it was, like, never in the salons. It was never in the hair salon. No, well, I mean, when you look back at the data, there was there was practically zero outbreaks in the salons. Yeah. Personal grooming, as they called it. Barbers and salons. Personal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because we, we, we went, like, my boss, he went and got the list and he, he moved all the chairs to me. Oh, hold on. Just put the phone closer to, or somewhere. Put your phone slightly differently, Louise. You're a bit muffled. Yeah. I, I'm dying to hear what you have to say. Go on. Your boss, what did your boss do? Oh, he did, he, like that other thing, he did all the, um, the PPE screens between the, the basins and the... The, the special lights, the, yeah, UV lights and all that kind of carry on, yeah? Yeah, yeah, and everyone wore the masks coming in, like, it, and, like, you know, to be told to do all the money that you don't really have, yeah, they got grass, whatever, and then no, we're closing anyway. Yeah, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> we're closing. No, we're we're, so, in other words, you did everything you're supposed to do, but you're closing anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but you only got to open for what two weeks before Christmas, wasn't it? There. Uh, no, I think it was the month of December. Oh, was it the whole month? Yeah. Was it? Okay, God yeah. bless you. Yeah, God bless you. Yeah. Are you doing any like... Nixers, Louise? No, am I doing Nixers? Yeah. No, no, I, I did, I, I did my sister there. <laughs> you did your yeah. sister's hair. Oh, that's okay. You can do your yeah. sister's. And yeah. do you do anything else? Do you do nails and? No, I don't do nails. I did. Um, I did a training course um, online um, about two weeks ago. And um, usually, when we were doing a training course in, say, in the technical centre, um, you would do the theory in the morning and then a model in the afternoon to put it all into practice. So that's why I had my sister come over and I practiced all on. Homework. You practice on your sister. Yeah. yeah. So, and your sister, she, she's basically a good dummy to practice on, is she? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Louise, you see no light at the end of the tunnel. You don't think you don't think your business is going to be there by the time it actually ends? No, oh, 
I, I we're going to be we're going to be very shabby, aren't we? We're going to be all in bits by the time this is over. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And uh, uh, Louise, what would you say to women out there who are you know in and out to Boots and McCabe's and everywhere else buying box colours for their hair? What would you say? What would you say to them? Uh, don't go as dark as you think you are. Um, I see uh, my cousin's wife. He, he she actually texted me then last week. She's like, I'm going to have to put a colour in my hair. What will I use? And I was like, she goes, I get black. I said, you don't get black. I know your hair looks black, but, it, you know... No, I, I, by the way, I know this. See, I know this from being in the hair business no, many years no, ago. No, no, Yeah, nobody... Ha- there's, can I be clear about this? There are very few people with black hair in this country, unless you're Asian, of course, or Spanish. There oh, are yeah. very, okay, <laughs> if you think you have black hair and you're Irish, you probably have number two dark brown. Yeah. yeah. And I was... And I, I, I would say, I say, I say this to cousin and all women... Don't try and do the back. Just do the little bits you can see. The bits at the side and the bits at the fringe and your parting. And that's all. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, because it starts to go wrong 10 minutes in when your arms are up in the air and they're getting sore and then you just you just end up throwing the whole lot on top of your head. Yeah, and be careful about how long you leave it in for. I remember years ago I had a little beard and a moustache. Uh, oh, you're going to this. And, <laughs> I, and I left it in for too long. I le- it was meant to be for five minutes and I fell asleep. Uh, it was in for a half oh an hour, and I looked like Charlie Chan when I was finished. It was just black. Yeah. It was black, like Fu Manchu or something. I was. Yeah. Adele, there you go. See, it's not. It's not <laughs> happy. Sorry, for, although laugh. Louise is in good spirits, <laughs> although her she doesn't think our business is going to be there by the time this all ends. So it's not. It's not good for everybody, Adele. I suppose. Oh no, it's not good. Look, no. It's not a perfect virus. There isn't a perfect solution. It's not. I don't think you could ask anybody, you know, anybody with their hands in their heart is telling you that they're doing well in this. Like, there are positives to make, but I mean, if you think about it, like, I've learned to be a bit more vulnerable and, you know, to slow down a little bit and don't lash into every day as if it's your last yeah. day. You know, because I was one that always felt like if I didn't get to bed and had, like, 500 things ticked off a to-do list that I yeah. have to have a waste of a day. I've learned to be a little bit more compassionate towards myself. That's been huge learning for me. By the way, Louise, just one final question. Adele went to the trouble of putting makeup to come on the air, even though we can't see her. (laughs) Did you go to any trouble, Louise, and put on a bit of makeup before you came on the air today? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I... I, I, You're lying to me, Louise. That always makes a difference. You're in your pyjamas and slippers, aren't you? Tell the truth. I'm not. I'm not. I'm actually heading to Aldi for my... <laughs> a day out in Aldi. Listen, ladies, thank you very much indeed, and I hope both of you get back to work very, very soon. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.